Hi, and welcome to Barefoot and Childless. I'm Kelly, your host, and here at Barefoot and Childless, we help stepmoms, stepdads, or anyone struggling with your place in life understand the value that you bring to your family, friends, workplace, church, and beyond. God placed immutable qualities and gifts inside of each and every one of us. There are things we may have tried to hide about ourselves or maybe attributes about ourselves that we think are not valuable. I'm here to talk through that with you and point you back to your creator to ask some questions. Today, I want to give you a little bit of background about myself in case you are new here. In the last episode, I talked about Psalm 139, and um, if you haven't listened to that yet, go back and listen to it. It's only about five minutes long. I charged everyone with reading through Psalm 139 and asking God, what is it that you knew about me when you created me that I don't currently know about myself? The reason I asked that is because he has an original plan for each and every one of us, and then life happens, and we start making rules for ourselves and putting walls up and dealing with fear and hurt and just all the things that life throws at us. And so it's easy to leave him out of that equation or have certain thoughts and opinions about ourselves that are not his opinion or his thoughts. He created each attribute about you for a reason. And I went through this exercise a few years ago where I wrote down everything I currently knew about myself and asked if that was a coping mechanism or if that was an attribute that was placed inside of me. And it was a very humbling experience. Um, There were tears. But it helped me to understand that Satan can counterfeit any attribute that God placed within you. It can be used for the world or it can be used for God. And there are certain reasons that he placed certain things inside of us. You may be really organized or really artistic or really funny or something like that. And God used that to draw people toward you, not away from you. So if you're like me and you make jokes when you're uncomfortable, sometimes that draws people away from you and from Jesus. Um, But if you use it, um, like I try to, I'm not always funny. Um, I don't feel very funny today, so it probably won't be. But if you use it to draw people near to you and near to Jesus um, and use it as a tool to point them toward your creator, then it can be amazing. So I want to give you a little bit of background um, in this episode and go through Psalm 139, like I said I would do in the last episode. So I grew up in a blended family from the time I can remember. My parents divorced not long after I was born. I don't really know when, but both my mom and dad remarried not long after the divorce. And when I say not long after, I mean within a couple of years. Um, so suddenly I had step parents and step parents. And for me, my step parents are in my earliest memories. So this was just life to me. It wouldn't be until later that I felt like it affected me. But that's a story for a different day, and I'm sure different parts of it will come up in different episodes. I'm not sure if it was due to growing up in a blended family, but early, 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 I told myself 
that I would never have kids and I would never be a step parent. It just seemed like a really hard job. I would be careful about what we tell ourselves and God, what we will and will not be doing. Because little did I know God was already preparing my heart for the life he had for me. And this brings me to Psalm 139, which will be the focus of today's episode. So if you're driving, don't open your Bible, but read this later. But if you're not, open your Bible and we'll talk about Psalm 139. So we're not going to go through the entire thing. It's not that long, but there are certain key verses I want to hit on. Um, The first six verses um, are just about how God knows us. Um, So Psalm 139, verse 1 through 6. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I'm unable to reach it. So in verse 1 and 2, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. So when I was telling myself over and over that I did not want children, what I was really saying was, I don't think I'm capable of parenting. This was a really good picture of how I saw myself for most of my life. But God heard all of those thoughts, and I think when I met Matt and the boys, it was a test of my heart. Did I really not want kids? Was I truly incapable of being a good parent? Could I really not have a good influence on them? We will get to this testing part later, but keep it in mind. The truth was, I didn't think that I was going to be a good parent. I didn't think that I had any business having influence or authority over anyone but myself. I was perfectly fine to just mess my own self up and not uh, have the hassle of bringing kids into it. But what happened was when I met Matt and the boys, I something happened inside my heart. God flipped a switch. And I didn't, I wasn't a kid, a a person who typically liked children. I honestly thought they were a little bit annoying. Don't judge me for that. But when I met these children, um, they, they got my heart and I cared about them. I cared about their future. There were things going on inside of me that I did not recognize. Um, it was very scary. So maybe that's you today. Maybe that. Maybe you are saying, I have no business doing this or that, just whatever it is that you're currently afraid to do or currently not even interested in doing. Um, I would really ask God about that because you never know if that's a defense mechanism or if that's just you really knowing yourself. You never know. So verse three to five. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. So God had seen all that I had been through and understood why I put up all these walls around me and made all these rules for myself. He knew why I 
had the communication style that I had or the lack thereof in that, in that, at that time. Um, and I truly believe that he encircled me. He protected me and his hand and had his hand of protection on my life. He was preserving my heart for this, this thing I said I would never do. I did not want to be a stepmom, much less talk to other stepmoms. No, that was not my plan. It was not my plan to even be on this podcast with you today. This is very nerve wracking for me, but I'm doing it. I'm being obedient. So thank you for being here. So then that takes us to verses seven to 12. 7 to 12 says, Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, the grave, you are there. If I live at the bottom, at the eastern horizon, or settle at the western limits, even there your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. If I say, Surely the darkness will hide me, and the light around me will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. So what does that mean? I'm about to tell you. Okay. So the, the point of this, I think, especially verse 7. We're going to focus, focus on 7 for a second. The point of this thing is God does not play hide and seek. So God sees you even when you feel invisible. And that is good news. Sometimes that can be very scary. Um, you're like, oh gosh, he can see everything. He can hear my thoughts. He knows all my words. Ooh, that's not good. Trust me, friend, it is good. It reminds me of Jonah. Um, so Jonah is Jonah jumped up off a ship to keep from fulfilling God's purpose. And even then, God brought him back. Um, so he didn't feel like he wanted to do what God asked him to do. And I just think it's so funny that he was like, nope, jumping off this ship right now. It's not funny, but it is funny. And then it's even funnier that God was like, oh, oh, I will get you. Like you are going to do this. And God, it's just not God forcing us into it, but he took the time inside of the whale to, to reposition Jonah's heart to show him that this purpose was not just about him it was about other people and that when we think about that part we often take care of ourselves or take care of other people before we take care of ourselves and god always uses other people to reposition our heart um and god is he's everywhere he knows what's going on with other people and he knows how to connect us um with those other people so um excuse me while i get consult my notes so we see this in Isaiah 66 1 Um, I'm not going to read it but it's about God's omnipresence and his omniscience the earth cannot contain God's presence so we cannot hide he lives outside our existence so he created time he I explained it the other day to a friend as a a train going along a track and maybe you're like you have a bird's eye view God has a bird's eye view of the train of our life. He sees the end from the beginning and he can see everything that's going on at one time. And it's hard. And David even said in verse 12 that, or in verse verse 6, that this wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. 
I'm unable to reach it. There's This is not something we're supposed to be able to comprehend. We can try, like with the train track analogy, but it's almost impossible. And we won't understand it until we get to heaven. And that's fine. We even, there's this thing of hiding as a, a theme in the Bible. In Genesis 3.8, Adam and Eve were hiding from God. And what does that do? It breaks fellowship with God. God can still see us, but it breaks our fellowship with him. And that is not something we want to do. Um, in the ESV Reformation Study Bible, it says this about 139.7. God's personal presence is everywhere throughout his creation. The thought of these theoretical questions is that there is nowhere the psalmist can go, for that is beyond God's view. Jonah learned this lesson when he tried to flee God's commission to preach to the Ninevites. So, that is where I got all of those. So, we move on to 8 and 9. And to remind you, it says, If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I live at the eastern horizon or settle at the western limits. So, God is not afraid of the dark or any place that we go. So, a lot of us think that, oh, I've, my, I'm, gonna, I'm beyond redemption. I have messed up too much. I have run too far from God. And it says right here in Psalm 139 that that's impossible. Um, I started, when I was doing this, I was reading um, a Bible commentary, and I had got the song Free Falling by Tom Petty in, the, in my mind. And it gave me this picture of someone free falling. And God wants to catch us, not snatch us up. And he wants to lead us and not drag us to our purpose. So what does this mean? He wants to walk with us no matter how grim that path is. He's not scared. His ultimate desire is for us to walk out his plan for us. So his patience for us is infinite. And praise God for that. Only a holy God would do that. He's perfect in his patience. He's perfect in his love. He's perfect in his plan for us. His only desire is to be with us. That's why he created humanity. So just as he walked with Adam and Eve, he wants to walk with us through everything. He did not die for us just to stand outside our circumstances and watch us struggle. That's not what he does. He always has our hand on it his hand on us and he's always leading us and not just kind of snickering while we struggle through. I know that's how some people and I how I pictured him for a long time. In Genesis it says he hovered over the darkness and what happened was he transformed it into light because light and dark cannot exist in the same place. So we only have the duty to invite him in. So if we move to verses 11 and 12. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light surround me and the light around me will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. Okay, so point number three, and I'm going to wrap it up. Um, God does not need an invitation to influence. 
Because he created the earth and humans, there is nowhere that is beyond our influence, our thoughts and homes. So that's, I want to put a disclaimer that that is if we are operating as a saved person. Once we are saved, we get the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit has no limit to influence, none whatsoever. So he has omniscience and he has he has all power and all presence. So omnipresence and omnipotence. So omnipotence is all powerful. So nothing we've said or done can cause God to flee from us. He knows how we are made, our weaknesses, our frailty, and he still pursues us. We are not beyond redemption. So in the last part that we'll cover... Well, we're almost there. So, verses 13 and 14. For it was you who created me in my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you. Because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret. When I was formed in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days are written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. And in the last part, he says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me into the everlasting way. And that search my heart part, we'll get to in a second. But... We have a tendency, so going back to verses 14, 13 to, 13 to 16. So we have this tendency to say that we, that no one knows us, that we're so misunderstood, but really our desire is to be fully known. So, so often we think that a certain title or position in our jobs, families, and ministry will give us this feeling of significance that we've been longing for. We want to be seen, known, and loved. Every human has these three basic emotional needs. We were created that way. I think we naturally position ourselves so that these needs are met. But the problem is, how are we getting these needs met? So tell me what you're drawing your identity and significance from, and I'll tell you how you're positioning yourself. God is much more concerned with our posture than our position. He aligns us with our calling and assignment anyway. If we are having to fit ourselves into certain places and relationships in order to obtain some false sense of importance, that's not God. So when I became a stepmom, I wanted to be in control. I wanted to be the smartest person in the room. I wanted to show that I was capable of parenting. When God placed me in that position and he was going to do the rest. And I've done that in so many other situations, but for the purpose of this podcast, as a stepmom, I definitely did that. What I've learned over the last eight years um, is that God put me here because of what he already placed in me. There was nothing I needed to do or anyone I needed to be in order to be good enough for that. I wanted to be like super mom, which is not my strong suit. 
trust me um I wanted to you know do all the crafts and all the no that's not my strength and I was totally operating outside my strength so when when we're in the position that we're made for that's when God gets the glory and we're able to thrive he cannot and will not bless who we're pretending to be period how do you know if you're correctly positioned there's a few ways to tell but the first step is to ask him I promise you he will answer you also if your current alignment or lack thereof is causing misalignment all around you that's a clue with if you feel like no one's aligned with you no one agrees with you I'm not saying you're wrong I'm saying are you in the right position we may be able to survive in the place that we're in but we're not thriving God has so much more in store for you and your ability to impact his kingdom. I cannot encourage you enough to make it your daily mission to be in alignment for your assignment. You'll be blessed and so will everyone around you. And for the last part, he says, search me, God, and test my heart. That's scary, right? He said, and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me into the everlasting way. So I, going back to the beginning, I think that when I met the boys, that was, that was a way that God was testing my heart. I think that we vow these things to ourselves and Jimmy Evans calls it inner vows. When we make these vows, I think God puts things in front of us to test that. And like the questions I asked earlier, do you really not like kids? Do you really think you're going to be a bad parent? Do you really think you're incapable of loving and having an influence on these two babies that you did not give birth to? And the answer was no, because my heart immediately changed. It's like Lisa Harper says when she... um adopted her daughter she said that god changed the topography of her heart meaning it she he totally remapped it it looks totally different than it did before she met missy and i totally identify with that i totally feel that way because i still i'm not a huge fan of children but these these ones i really like them and i really care about their future and i was at first trying to insert too much influence in places where I didn't belong and I had to give up that sense of control in order to be the stepmom that God created me to be. I'm still not perfect. I still make mistakes, but I try to model grace in our home. Um, I try to say when I'm wrong because I am a lot and they will be able to tell you that as well. Um, yeah. So the final thing that I want to say is this that when we are confident in our covering in Christ there is no reason to cringe or to run into a hole when we ask him to search us and know us he is the God who created you leads you and encircles you there is nothing he doesn't already know and there is nothing that keep you that can keep you from him when you are in Christ Jesus so friends I hope you enjoyed this teaching I guess I don't want to call myself a teacher but you know my thoughts on Psalm 139 um, 
I hope that it blessed you and then it gives you a little bit of perspective and it allows you to freely go and talk to your creator, talk to the one who made you and ask these questions. I promise you he is listening. I promise you he will answer you. And it may seem far-fetched to some of you, but I promise it will bless your life and everyone around you. I will see you next time. Thanks for listening.